So this morning I'd like to talk about something that uh, we can all agree on. Uh, am I talking about just because we can all agree on it? Well, no, not really, but uh, we can all uh, agree on this. And you know, it shouldn't be a surprise, though, oftentimes when we don't agree on things. And uh, actually, we shouldn't agree with ourselves 10 years ago, or we shouldn't agree with ourselves 20 years ago. Not that our basic foundation is different, but you should see things today that we didn't see a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. So, uh, but this morning, uh, as we look at this, I think it's something that we can all uh, agree on, and it is very important and uh, very comforting as well. So I want to start out with a, a question. If I would ask you to close your eyes and vi visualize heaven, visualize the new Jerusalem, what, what do you see in your mind when you think of heaven, when you think of the new Jerusalem? What, what do you see if you, as we try to picture this? Do you see the streets of gold? The gates of, uh, made up of a single pearl. All the jewels and the foundations of the wall. What do you see? Uh, the crystal uh, river coming out from the throne. Do you see family, friends, loved ones? John, and actually I'm going to read first in Revelation chapter 5. But John, the Apostle John, was privileged to look through the gates of heaven. And I want to look at what he saw and what he tells us about. And it may cause us to give another thought on what we think of, what we visualize whenever we think of heaven. So, uh, Revelation chapter 5 and uh, verse 5, but I want to see what John saw. Revelation 5 and 5, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I beheld... And lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. As though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which uh, are the seven spirits of God set forth into all the earth. So John saw a lamb. As, and I'll say a, a bloody lamb. A lamb that had been slain. That, that's what he saw. So we may look at different things as we think of heaven. There's nothing wrong uh, about uh, certainly uh, uh, other things and people we would see there. But John saw a lamb as though it had been slain. That's what he saw. Uh, verse, reading on verse 8. And when he had taken the scroll where the four living creatures and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb... 
having every one of them harps and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto, uh, unto our God a kingdom of priests, and we shall reign on earth. And behold, and I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, and blessings. So this is what John saw looking into the very gates of heaven. So, a lamb as it had been slain. Now, as we think of Jesus Christ, and that's what, when I say lamb, or when I read lamb, I don't know about you, but... Jesus Christ comes to mind automatically. That's what comes to mind. But uh, certainly there's more significance in lamb than that. So he had many, Jesus Christ, who comes to my mind, uh, he had many functions or many offices, if you will. He was, uh, John could have said a salt king. He was priest. He was counselor. Teacher, tutor, physician, comforter, elder brother, shepherd. So John could have said a lot of different things. But he said, I saw a lamb. A sacrificial lamb. Well, why, why lamb? Why not physician or this or that? Why, why lamb? Terry, without that sacrificial lamb, nothing else means anything. Without the sacrificial lamb, nothing else means, means anything. And when it's talking about a lamb, it is talking about a sacrificial lamb. It's not talking about the wool from the lamb or lamb for food, which sometimes in the scriptures you'll, you'll find that. Actually, not very often. Most time when you see a lamb, I think it was in the scriptures maybe 75 times or something like that. And uh, just a few times it wasn't, but almost always it was the sacrificial land they're speaking about. Mort uh, uh, sings a song. And Betty, I looked for my CD and I could not find it. I looked at all the vehicles and things. We move it around. And it probably must be at my office uh, at work. But sing this song, and I think the name of it is, But I Want to See Jesus, or something like that. I'm not going to sing it, so don't, don't go running for the doors. But it's, it's where this, this uh, one uh, has a dream, and they dreamed that they died and went to heaven. And uh, they said that, uh, I don't know if someone was giving them, like, the tour and showing them around. And they saw friends and family, which is, you know, great. And then it says, I think they saw Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
And I think Matthew, Mark, and Timothy could be wrong on that. But then, you know, after seeing all these great things, he said, but I want to see Jesus. He's the one that died for me. And I, I love that song. So that's what we want to see. We want to see Jesus, not just the uh, Jesus that people portray as a failure or something like that. We want to see Jesus, the lamb, sacrificial lamb. Whenever we think of heaven, that should be the first thing to come to our mind, that sacrificial lamb, because without that, the rest of it doesn't mean anything. The rest of it wouldn't even be there for us. So John, in uh, uh, the Gospel of John, in the first chapter, a uh, little, few little short words here that has great meaning. John chapter 1, and so he's with some of his disciples where he'd been baptizing. But John 1 and, and 29, the next day... John seeth Jesus coming to him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. Now, I won't get into discussions this morning about what this world is and everything like that. We just won't get into that this morning. But John saw, he could describe him in many different ways. I mean, obviously he saw a man walking. I believe a man with a beard and so forth, but anyway, we won't get into that uh, either. I believe he's a Nazarite and had long hair and everything. But John could have said a lot of different things, but he said, he, and he pointed out, behold, the lamb. Sacrificial lamb. He wasn't talking about lamb chops and wool and things like that. The lamb. And see, that meant something to them, and we'll get into that as well. But John said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And you'll not find anything else in the scriptures that is for that purpose. Uh, so John, and John wasn't pointing to just a mere man. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. He was pointing to God's Lamb born without sin, and was fitting to be the sacrifice. So that's who John was pointing to, not just mere man. Uh, mere man could be uh, sacrifice and bloodshed, but it doesn't do anything. It would be the Lamb of God. Uh, so this is the Lamb I'd like to talk about this morning that I think we can all agree on, that... The blood of this lamb, by it and through it, we have remission of sins. And there's nothing else. Nothing else in the scriptures. Just that. So, this is the only thing that can give us remission of sin. It's the only blood that can give us remission of sin. Uh... I think it's Leviticus uh, where it talks about the blood and everything. It says, it is the blood that maketh atonement for your souls. The blood makes atonement for your souls. Nothing else. 
nothing else. So with that in mind, let's look at God's lamb. The lamb that John pointed to and said, Behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The lamb that God saw through heaven's gate as, it, as, as if it had been slain. Let's, let's look for that lamb. And I want to trace that lamb back most of the time, if I want to study something, I always like to go back to where it originated, go back as far as I can and look at it and then work my work our way up. So this Lamb of God, how far back can we go? You say, well, just in the gospel as far as you can go. No, that's, that's not correct. In fact, the scripture says that the gospels preached even to Abraham back in the Old Testament. But uh, we can find... God's land back farther than where the Gospels start. I'd like to go to uh, uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. And again, looking at this lamb. That's all I want to do this morning is look at this lamb uh, of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Through that we have remission of sins. So we're wondering, how far back can we go and, and, and learn something about this lamb? So 1 Peter 1, very familiar scripture, but it tells us a lot. And, and verse uh, 18, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Let me pause there for just a minute. So it tells us how you were not redeemed. You weren't redeemed by these corruptible things like silver and gold. Well, what does that, why would he mention something like that? Well, this, this type of redemption was preached and was handed down by tradition from their fathers. That this would have this uh, uh, being redeemed by silver and gold. Well, why, why would they teach or preach something like that? Well, if you go under the law of Moses, uh, everyone, when they reached, I believe it was 20 years old, they were to give a half shekel of silver or gold. What, was, what did God say the purpose? As atonement for your souls. So they had that. That half shekel of silver and gold was for atonement for your souls. But verse 18 says, <laughs> weren't redeemed that way. Was God lying to them? No, he wasn't lying to them. That's, of course, is type and shadow. Whenever uh, the Israelites would see in the tabernacle the gold and silver, they said, oh, yeah, that's, that's atonement money. They didn't understand it yet. But the atonement and redemption is only through Jesus Christ. So verse 18 tells us how we're not redeemed. But then verse 19 but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So he said, this is how you redeem. Not, not through the law of Moses where you give a half shekel of silver and, and so forth. You redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And in verse 20, I wanted to... to uh, this is the reason I turn to the scripture. Who verily was foreordained 
before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in his last times for you. So we say, how far can we go back about this lamb? Well, before the foundation of the world. Eternity past, I, I'm not, I can't put a date on it, just before the foundation of the world. Before I was born, before you were born, he was already lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So, uh, you know, many kind of believe whenever Adam and Eve sinned that God was caught off guard and surprised. But Peter said that this Lamb of God was before the foundation of the world, before Adam sinned, before Eve sinned. Can you see the significance and the magnitude of what Peter said here? What, before sin entered into the world, before Adam sinned, before Satan entered into the garden, God already had a lamb prepared. And it was God's lamb. Already prepared. They hadn't sinned. So God wasn't cut off guard or surprised. Lamb was already uh, selected in the covenant, agreed before the foundation of the world. So we can trace God's lamb back before the foundation of the world. Uh, in God's mind, before the foundation of the world, slain in time thousands of years later, but again, before man sinned, before Adam fell, God already had the remedy. So when we read about John, he, he saw that lamb as if it had been slain. And, and it was as it had been slain from even before the foundation of the world. And uh, Revelation 13, let's look at a scripture there. And again, this is something that we can all agree on, this Lamb of God. Uh, Revelation 13, and you can, of course, find this Lamb all through the Revelation, all through the Scriptures. Revelation 13 and 8, And all that dwelt upon the earth shall worship Him, this is future, whose names are not written in the book of life. No, there is the book of life. That's not our reason for reading this. But then it says, Book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So this is the Lamb that John was pointing to, this Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. No, it was, it was only a couple thousand years ago, but in the covenant. is already a Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So with God, there's no surprises. When Adam fell, he wasn't surprised. Already had the remedy. Uh, when Adam and Eve did sin in the garden and uh, God killed an animal and made coats of skins for them did the coats of skin was that the remedy? no it only pointed to the remedy pointed to the Lamb of God that's what it pointed to 
And as you think, though, as you think of that animal that was slain uh, to make a covering for Adam and Eve, and I sometimes I try to uh, uh, picture that. So at this time, I don't believe there'd ever been any death at all. Uh, so I, I believe, I, I kind of think of Adam and Eve and seeing the little lamb out here grazing and everything. And uh, so then after they had fallen, so God took the skins of, God killed an animal, took the skins and put them on. And I, Bill, I think that the, the, the warmth, the body he, the animal still on, he put on, I think blood was dripping down. I don't think I'd ever seen any death before this. And then they knew the weight of that was on their shoulders. That was because of them. So Jesus Christ was slain because of you and because of me. So look at God's lamb on the cross. Look at him in the garden of Gethsemane when he was there. He said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup, let this cup of sin pass from me, if it be thy will. Look at him there, and he was praying, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood. Look at him, look at him there. And the weight of that is on our shoulders. That's why we take the Lord's Supper and communion. I, I always has these mixed feelings. He died. He suffered because of me, and I have sadness. But then, because of his death, where I'll spend my eternity, then I have great joy. But the weight is on our shoulders. We may feel mixed feelings. In, in Hebrew chapter 2... is a powerful uh, statement that tells us uh, some of the magnitude of his suffering that he did for you and I. Hebrew 2, and uh, let's just start in verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and was it? Was it stead, the word spoken was it steadfast, was it true, and, and absolutely. But then listen to what it says. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. I... Uh, Whenever I was younger, and uh, a lot younger, and uh, maybe I would be doing something, and uh, boy, you're going to get it when you get home. And they never forgot. <laughs> uh, you're going to get it when you get home. Never forgot. So this talks about uh, receiving uh, a, a just recompense of reward. But this is not the kind of reward that you necessarily 
want. You may get a speeding ticket, here's your reward, but not the kind of reward we want. But every transgression, every act of disobedience of every one of God's children throughout uh, all history, every one of them will receive a just recompense of reward. So when he's on the cross, if you want to try to think of the price he paid, the suffering he went through, that's it. Every one of them receive a just recompense of reward. So that's that lamb uh, that John saw. So as we look into uh, heaven's gates through what we have recorded for us, that's what John saw. Lamb of God. Lamb of God that as was slain from the foundation of the world. Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And there's nothing else that does that. Nothing else. So that's what John saw. And it's okay to see the other things, but without the Lamb of God and that sacrifice, the other things mean nothing. Wouldn't be there for us. So there's a lot more I wanted to bring out, but I think that's a good stopping place. So I think we'll stop here and maybe bring this up again tonight. But uh, what John saw and what he recognized was the Lamb of God as it had been slain. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We are dismissed.